Happy Brews Day Tuesday, everybody. My name is Caroline King, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. Everyone, so lovely to have you today on this cool, crisp fall day. Oh, I love fall. It is my favorite season, and it is the perfect weather to drink some nice, delicious stouts or some pumpkin beers. Yes, I like pumpkin beers. Come at me if you want. Um, all I'll tell you is that I like pumpkin beers, and then I will respect whatever beer that you like because that's the culture we build here at Pitch Beer. Just like whatever beer you want. If you like it, go for it. <laughs> So today's episode is very exciting. It is uh, an episode I've been very excited to have come out and a discussion that definitely needs to happen right now. It has been about seven months since Rat Magnet's post uh, went viral and also since she started sharing stories from women in the beer industry, turning the world of craft beer on its head. And it has never been the same. It's it's definitely something that needed to happen. We need the accountability. And since then, now what? Well, today I chat with Ash Elliott from Women of the Bevolution, an Instagram page, at Women of the Bevolution on Instagram. Just said that, but that's okay. <laughs> and we discuss what's happened since that initial post and what is coming next, and what you can do to be part of the change that you want to see. It's a really great episode. Lots of amazing info, lots of candid discussions, because, you know, there's a lot of um, gray area in the movement that's happening, and I think it's good for all of us to talk about it and be understanding of each other and just help each other right now. That's all we can do. Well, I hope you all enjoy it. Cheers. Hi there. Thank you so much for joining me from the West Coast. If you could um, please introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you do. Well, thank you so much for having me. And my name is Ash Elliott. I founded a platform for women in the beverage industry called Women of the Bevolution. And I am a freelance hospitality and alcohol marketer and PR lead here in Los Angeles. <laughs> that's so cool. It's just, you say it so casually, but it's just like, that's an amazing, amazing job. That's so cool. <laughs> so with uh, Women of the Bevolution, so it's an Instagram page. So what goes into this platform and what made you want to get it started? Yeah, so Women of the Bevolution started about a couple of years ago. I actually used to work in music for full-time working for record labels, doing digital marketing and PR. That is so cool. Yeah. So I, yeah, as we continue the conversation, you'll probably learn more and more about the hundreds of jobs that I've either had or currently (laughs) have. And, uh, you know, it just, that's just what happens. Like, I feel like, especially working in digital marketing and PR and media, I always get my hands on all these different projects and I like to kind of connect them all. Like, kind of like to call myself a matchmaker sometimes and like be able to connect a lot of my different clients. So, um, so yeah, so I worked in music forever and, uh, I actually made the switch in 2018, 
um, to work in hospitality, specifically in craft beer. So I actually just like up and left my corporate job at a record label and was like, I want to work in craft beer. I want to try this industry. I really, uh, you know, I like the community aspect. I like the connection that I feel with beer and it's always been kind of like breweries and bars have always been this place, this safe place for me to go like after work and meet up with a friend and just, you know, just be able to have a casual conversation. And so, uh, so it resonated with me for a while. I've always loved hospitality to work with food trucks as well. So, um, so yeah, so I left uh, the industry and I knew like this was going to be so hard to suddenly change careers and me being like in my early thirties too, everyone was like, what you're leaving like this, corporate job to go pursue like a whole new industry and do freelance and I was like yeah like why not and so cool so I I took the leap and uh you know I knew it was going to be hard and the first like six to nine months I was still doing some music projects and some other jobs on the side trying to uh do everything in beer so I was like beer tending I was working festivals I was like cold calling breweries to see if they need any social media event help PR help and you know I I still couldn't actually sign up for Pink Boots at the time which I I really wanted to um and I wanted to go to the biannual conference in uh Austin Texas in in 2019 and um so I, I knew I couldn't really join yet in either way. I still like went on a whim to the, the conference and it was just like a reminder of like how many women are in the industry. And I'm like, okay, I got to keep going. I got to keep doing That's this. Awesome. But you know, but with that said, I still, you know, I finally became a member right after that. Cause I had a few different jobs that, that checked their requirement. Cause at the time I think it was 30% of your income had to come from a beer job and I was yeah. still doing, yeah, I was doing all these music things. So I, I didn't like, I couldn't actually join. And I think that's where I was like, well, you know, what if there's other women like me out there that want to break into this industry? And what yeah. if they are working like at a record label like I did and are beer tending like a few times a month or something to kind yeah. of like get into the industry or learn more or, you know, that sort of thing. So I wanted to create a platform and a group that was not only for uh, professionals in the, in the alcohol industry, but also for um, women that want to break into the industry or just really, uh, you know, are enthusiastic and want to learn more about beer or cocktails or wine. Yeah. So, so that's where it kind of um, stemmed from. And in like the summer of 2019 is when I launched Women of the Revolution. And it was really just going to be a place for us to have like a safe space for us to meet up and have events and um, really spotlight women in the industry, create job like have job resources um share other events that are going on and um and then it kind of uh the last few months after uh brianne allen uh formerly of notch brewing started sharing stories of harassment and sexism assaults and racism uh in the beer industry that's where I kind of was like, well, I have a platform. Yeah. I need to create as many resources as possible to uh, help women right now. And so that's now the platform's really changed into actually more of like an advocacy group and really creating resources and trying to empower women to speak up and um, ask their employers of, you know, ask them for transparency, ask yeah. them for what they're doing to create change in the industry. Um, 
and also like help women get out of these toxic places if they need the help and, and get them the legal aid, get them financial support, uh, mental health support to really move forward. So it's, um, uh, and while I'm still sharing job, you know, job That's resources awesome. and things like that. So yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's grown. So to, to answer your question, it's definitely grown over the last couple of years. It's amazing how you've um, been able to like, first you started off with an intention and then you saw a need, like it's uh, just takes a really special human to like realize like, fuck, like this shit's going on right now. I need to pivot. So that way I can use my platform to just be there for people who need it. So it's really cool the way that you've evolved and pivoted in this direction. So that way it's, you're a space for people to go like a safe split, a, a safe space right now, because, um, and then one thing that I love about your platform too, like you said, with pink boots, pink boots is great, great organization, but you're right. It is tough to, um, it's, it's an organization that feels a little exclusive sometimes for people who aren't fully in the industry. So, um, I think it's great that you created that space for people who maybe don't qualify for pink boots, but they'd still love to network with other women who are professionals and get in there. Um, do you think that that's something that pink boots could like add to their platform or like have some sort of connection with be like, Hey, like let's get people who are like wanting to be in the beer industry. So actually um, to, to take a step back, yeah. um, I pink boots is you know they're focused on education right? right they want they want to help women further their careers in the industry which is fantastic awesome. and, and definitely definitely needed and uh and you know and that's why like i felt you know with my platform it's slightly different and i knew that i can kind of do certain things and say certain things that maybe they definitely you know really can't because they're not really an advocacy group right like oh, you know they're yeah that makes so sense yeah that's that's the difference and i trust me i i'm also part of the pink boots los angeles chapter yeah i'm part of the one here in atlanta I'm, i love it yeah and so and i recently like became on the cabinet here doing like some membership and pr stuff and it's like that is like something that i'm actively trying to work with them on is like how how can you all at least like bring in additional resources because you know here's the thing it's like you know, women get into these jobs and yes, they're helping them further in their career. But then if they don't have the resources and know what to ask of their employers in these certain situations, then like, what is the point? Like they're, they're working. That's so yeah. Yeah. So they're working extremely hard to like get into this industry, but it's still like so dominated by men mm -hmm. that don't, you know, it's like, we need to figure out how to empower them and give them the right resources. So that's something that like, I think they are actively, they're trying to integrate into their framework and, yeah. and focus on some new initiatives as well. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, two, two very separate areas. And I think that, you know, since May, when the story started being shared now, there's you, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a lot more groups that have popped up similar to like what women of the revolution is doing to really rather whether it's regionally or nationally to to find this out to give an outlet for women yeah. to share their stories and to find these necessary resources so it's really great to see that the community has come together and really now there's more groups than ever yeah you know no i think that's that's something you hit the nail right on the head it's all these different advocacy groups and all these different things just to provide support, which just shows 
how little support we had in the industry before and why this is such a need. Um, and also in our communities too, because it's one thing like with a big national organization, that's great. That's that it's there, but also being able to have like people in your community that you can see out for a beer in your own town or in your state. So I think that that's, that's a really good point to bring up. And then, so since, since May, since all of this came out in May, things have just taken such a huge turn. So with these breweries being named, um, how, because I'm thinking of how to word this, because it's like, how do we navigate this? Because yes, since May, these breweries were called out and they were named. Now that we're months down the road, how do we, how are these breweries able to get in good graces with the movement? What steps do do you think they need to take to make sure that we can come back out and support them again that we need to be looking out for as consumers yeah that that's a great question and that you know is something that you know through this initiative and global uh beer collab brave noise that i'm partners with brianne allen on is something that we're trying to do so it's not really you know it's not just for the breweries and home brewers, but it is for beer drinkers to get involved. And so what I try to tell consumers is to look around at your local brewery and see how are they addressing, you know, the stories that were shared? Were, were they called out and did they address it on social media? You know, what are their actions that they're, they're taking? Are they doing an investigation? Are they doing harassment training? Have they updated their code of conduct? I think like, you know, going back to the Brave Noise Initiative, it's all built around accountability and transparency. And we want breweries to show their values and show their code of conduct publicly so that consumers can see that and then reference that and then look at the tap room, look at the website, look at social media, mm -hmm. look at how the, the brewery acts at festivals and whatnot and see if they're following those guidelines. And then consumers can can say something. I mean, I, I keep telling every everyone that consumers hold so much power. Yes. Like, like you can speak up, you can go to your local brewery and ask them these questions and talk to them about it, or you cannot spend your money there if they're not willing to make these changes. So I think it is, you know, looking around and seeing like, what are the brewery's values? Are they posting them publicly? Um, look around the tap room, how, you know, talk to the employees. Um, does it feel safe and inclusive? Like I'm thinking like for women, people of color, those in the LGBTQ plus community, like, you know, if you had a, a family member or a friend that worked at this brewery, do you think it would be a safe space for them? So yeah. I think you have to like, like think of it in that, sort of mindset and you know do you want to invest your money in this company that's not creating change when you can go give it to a company that actually is doing great things and helping to lead this industry into a better beer world yeah so hopefully I think, that answers your question I mean, it does it's perfect because it's Something that like, I know, I know like people, the buzzword is cancel culture. Like, oh, these beer, these brewers are canceled. They're not canceled. You have to step up and be held accountable. So it's, it's the accountability that is the big thing is like, Hey, like, yes, uh, 
these breweries, like they, they need to be in the spotlight and they need to be held accountable. And here's the ways to look out for it. I love that because it's such a process that is so accessible as consumers. And, you know, Jen Blair, she was on the podcast a little while ago talking about Brave Noise and talking about just the integration of it between consumer, brewer, and getting the breweries involved. And what I love about it are the requirements that these breweries have to have. So you have to publicly show your code of conduct. Um, and that's the, the, the requirements with it. You can't just brew it to do it as like, a okay, well, we you know, we brewed the beer, so now you can support us. It's like you actually have to follow through with that accountability. Exactly. And it's very interesting that you brought that up because, um, so there was a piece in um, Wine Enthusiast uh, magazine that just ran. And I was like looking on Twitter about some of the comments and, you know, someone had posted about like the different collabs and how many participated in each one, you know, Black is Beautiful and All Together Now. And and obviously, you know, those were, uh, in, you know, inspired by global events. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, when we were launching Brave Noise, like we didn't expect it to reach that capacity. You know, obviously, like, you know, this is a very like on the on the ground grassroots sort of, you know, <laughs> initiative. Um, and so I think, you know, uh, and, th and those initiatives, though, are fantastic and have brought such great awareness and donated to so many uh, incredible charities. Right. Um, the, the, the thing was that, you know, when we we're thinking about this initiative was how do we add that accountability aspect? And so that's why we have added the, like several steps to be a part of it. And that's probably why. We only have about 100 breweries as of now because, you know, it's a lot of them don't want to put in the extra work. And it's like, like, which is mind boggling because yeah. these are kind of just best, best practices for a business to have a code of conduct or hire an HR person. And yeah, mm -hmm. and so that's why, you know, it's and but I've been telling everyone, everyone I speak with is that like, we just want to help you. So let us mm -hmm. like guide you through that process. We have a whole HR guide. Uh, HR um, specialist Rebecca Weaver of HR Uprise, who is available to answer any questions That's if awesome. they need help creating a code of conduct. We have a guide on the sh on the the website, a PDF that has, you know, just like guidelines on how to create your own or update yours. Um, so it's like we're trying to like put as much re so many as many resources as possible right. <laughs> into this initiative so we make it as easy as possible for everyone but again it's like still that accountability factor and it's like it is it, it's just it is crazy that like like you know we're we're offering this all these things but yet there's still like this hesitance to to be a part of it and i think this is gonna honestly like split a lot of the industry because yeah. you know people are coming now to bravenoisebeer.com and they want to see what breweries are addressing the issues going on and who who uh is standing with these women that have shared now you know like thousands of stories yeah um yeah it's and it is thousands of stories and so many breweries and it's and like onto the sort of moving from there because how like keeping track of all of these breweries is really it, it's a lot um i myself have made mistakes and you know i'll post something to my story and you know a woman from my community will be like hey just heads up you just 
posted this beer in your story, but they were just named and they haven't addressed these allegations. And I'm like, well, shit. Oh my gosh. And I take it down, of course. But how do we navigate that in, first off, just making sure like, uh, what's a good way for us to check on these breweries before we post about them or before we support them? And then also how do we handle when our friends mess up? Like, how do we like handle, like what's the best way to go about that? Cause really all I had to do was just be like, well, shit, I messed up. I apologize. <laughs> but what's a good way to navigate that? Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll start with the first question. So in terms of kind of like checking in with breweries, so like, yeah, if you have a local brewery that, you know, has been called out and, you know, uh, they are, whether they're addressing it or not, like, I mean, you have the right to check in. So like if they're posting publicly what's going on, or maybe they're doing an investigation, they haven't like posted anything now in like months, I would definitely check in. And that's that's also a red flag. If they have not, they said they were going to do something and then there's nothing that's come out of it or they haven't posted a code of conduct or they, you know, haven't done anything else to take action or be transparent with consumers about what they're doing to create the safe space. And I think as, you know, a consumer, you should check in, you should DM them, email them, go ask the taproom manager and just have the conversation. Um, so I think that, you know, again, going back to consumers have this this power and they, they should be able to ask these questions or again, don't invest your money. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, I, it's, it's interesting because everyone is trying to find like, where's this like, where's the, the cheat sheet, the document with all these problematic breweries? Like where, how do I find out who's problematic? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, most of the stories were shared on Instagram on, you know, uh, brands, Instagram at rat magnet or the other account that's been created since, uh, emboldened act advance. And they're all line. on the Instagram, Instagram highlights. And it's like, well, what if a lot of these people aren't checking Instagram regularly? What if they're not even on Instagram? So it's like, yeah, everyone's like, where do I go? And, you know, I think, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's, I think it's really important to also subscribe to a lot of these uh, media outlets that are actually covering mm -hmm. the news. So like, you know, I'm thinking of like Brewbound and Good Beer Hunting and Vine Pair. They're great. And, um, yeah, have been super vocal in what's going on and, and addressing the issues and uh, talking about these the breweries that, you know, have had issues and whether or not they're doing anything. So I think like first off as a consumer, like subscribing to these like different newsletters and outlets and then the voices of this movement uh, follow Rat Magnet. Um, you know, I think, you know, to your point, Jen Blair has been Fantastic. super active uh, in this movement and she is part of the Brave Noise collab and has been an incredible partner in it. And, you know, I think everyone needs to find uh, these other voices in the movement that are speaking up on Instagram and Twitter. I mean, I'm thinking even in terms of the writers that were for some of the outlets I mentioned, like Kate Bernat and Beth Denham. Oh, I love uh, her. On, on, She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And on Twitter, and they're Kate actively they're talking about yeah, they're actively talking about these issues. So I think that's the one thing is like finding these kind of uh, these point people, these forums, these uh, outlets that are actually supporting what's going on and addressing it. Um, and, you know, and if you're not if you're if you don't know, then just, you know, you should ask or do some research or just search Google and you'll probably find some article about oh. that brewery. 
Um, yeah. So, so now there's been definitely a lot of, a lot of press that have helped to, uh, take some of the stories off of Instagram and put it, you know, more, uh, more online for us. Um, and then, you know, to your question about like, if you do kind of make, you know, that mistake and you go to, uh, you go to a brewery and spend money there that may be problematic and isn't like fixing the issues. I think you should address it publicly and say Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I messed up. And like, that's a thing. Like we just need more of that. And same with breweries. Breweries should just be owning up to their mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, but you can't ignore it and you can't do nothing about it. You have to address it Mm -hmm. and you should address it publicly and just say like, you know what? I, I did not know. And now that I've been educated, this is what I'm going to do moving forward. And I appreciate if I were to do something like this again, just someone let me know, message me. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we're, it's interesting because like, you know, we all came into this, the beer industry, I feel like because of this community, right? So if we're a community, then we need to, um, first off, you know, support women in the industry. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, second, we need to like have these hard conversations and we need to be open about it and public about it. And if we mess up, just own it and then do better. Yeah. That's it. And, <laughs> and perfect example. Um, last weekend I went to a beer festival. Um, the brewery was named on the rap magnet lists and they, uh, their tap room person had reached out to me and said, Hey, like we have been making these changes. We've been implementing them. Like we'd really love to have you for this event. We'll give you a ticket. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I have a lot of friends that are going. Like, this will be good for me to get out of the house. And I went and just kind of felt icky about it. You know, it was a – I didn't feel like I properly vetted the different breweries that were going to be there. I don't feel like I – really made sure that they were actually doing the work that they needed to. It wasn't just public facing. And, you know, I was there. I didn't tag them. I didn't tag the location. And I thought that that would be enough. But I had a really great beer girlfriend of mine reach out to me. And we had a really nice, long Instagram conversation about how my presence at this festival is a bad example. And I really appreciated her being so open and having that tough conversation with me because she's right. You know, I shouldn't have, you know, it wasn't responsible of me to to be there. And I posted about it on my story today, just being like, hey, guys, like I messed up. I went to a, a festival that I shouldn't have last week because it's I. Yeah, it was a choice that I made. I, I and I knew beforehand that it was a problematic brewery, which makes the choice even make it makes that even even worse choice on my part. So it's. You know, but the way that my friend handled it, but also like the way that I'm trying to own up to it, just trying to be like, you know what? I, I fucked up. Like, let's move forward now. How do I move about these beer festivals? So because we've got like the untapped festival and everything with that going on. Um, so what are ways that we in this movement, but also consumers can go about attending these beer festivals? Cause I really want to see my friends again, but I don't want to support problematic breweries. <laughs> hey, I understand. And I really do appreciate you sharing that story and really like speaking about it publicly because that's what we need. And that hopefully will be a domino effect for other people to do the same. 
And again, it's just, just owning to it and learning and us educating each other. That's the most important thing. And, you know, to your point, um, it's very interesting because I've been working on uh, a series of content around festival safety with Courtney Eisman. Yeah, so Courtney Eisman, an incredible writer, she does a column for uh, Decibel uh, Metal Magazine about about beer. And so for her Substack, which is huggingthebar.substack, we collaborated on a four-part series about festival safety. And it addresses, you know, festival organizers, the vendors, and the consumers. And so first already, like festivals need to put in proper safety guidelines and protocol to support anyone that is uh, facing harassment or discrimination. So that's something that like we've been like constantly like are trying to get the word out about. Um, And so, you know, with that said, you know, we're also we're asking festival organizers to vet, you know, the vendors and the breweries like, you know, especially in, in the beer industry right now, like have these breweries been mentioned in stories? What are they doing to address them? Have they addressed it? Like, are they creating changes? What actions are they taking? And also they should, you know, share their code of conduct with you and sign a waiver, you know, that if you don't live up to these, you know, these standards or, you know, this code of conduct and whatnot, like we can ask you to leave and never return. So, you know. I love that. um, Oh my gosh, that is such a great idea. Yeah. So I think, you know, to your question about vetting, you know, it's obviously, I think we all have to see um first off what is the festival doing and i think that's like number one like they should be creating a safer space so it's not only vetting the vendors but creating a protocol if there is you know harassment or discrimination and having just people on site that are readily available to to help you know people get to safety or you know uh remove that person that is a problem and you know that's why like campaigns like or initiatives like um, Ask for Angela or Angel Shot or yeah. even just so, so, so great to have in place at events, you know, bars, at festivals and making sure the staff is properly trained to know what to do in these situations. Um, but, you know, going back to kind of the vetting process, and I think that's for the consumer, the consumer has to decide too. It's like, I get it. It's like, we all want to get out there. We want to do these things. But again, it's like, do you want to invest your money in a business, in an operation that isn't actually trying to create change in the industry? Um, So, you know, going back to like Untapped and the San Diego Festival that's happening right now, you know, you know, seeing that there are some problematic breweries on that lineup and, you know, the festival posting a code of conduct finally and it's like, how does this align with the values that you just stated when there's problematic breweries on this list and you're not really, there's no vetting process. There's, you know, like how, like how are you creating change and living up to this code of conduct if you're not doing this, this and that? So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really on the consumer. The consumers are the ones that need to keep a lookout. And if you mm-hmm. see something you know, ask friends, you know, like check into some of these news outlets, subscribe, listen to some of these uh, other kind of, you know, uh, you know, voices in this movement and hear what they're talking about and keep an eye out on what's going on. I think that's really the best way stay informed, stay informed and ask questions. And, um, and it's, it's all, you know, when it comes down to it's the consumer's decision 
to attend these festivals. And I, I understand that like we're all getting antsy and we want to get out. But, you know, it's like we really all need change in this industry and mm-hmm. your consumers are going to help us make that happen. I think that these are so many amazing points to bring up and it makes it so attainable and so accessible because I, I sometimes for, from a consumer who's not necessarily in the industry, this like list is overwhelming and like, where do I even start? I think that this breaks it down into very palatable, easy to understand, easy ways to implement in your everyday life. So we can vet these festivals and places that we go to. And in fact, Dames and Dregs Beer Festival that I'm working with this year, um, my podcast is hosting it um, in December here in Atlanta. We have a meeting next week and we're doing another once over of our list because we want to make sure that any breweries that are there have been vetted and they align with our values and that they align with what we want the festival to be because we don't want anything over well overshadowing but also we don't want any breweries there that don't align with our ethos so it's such a good point to bring up well and first off that is amazing to hear so so thank you and i can't wait to see that uh you know in action and want to hear how the feedback was and would love to use that as an example for some of the content, you know, that I've been working on. Um, but I do, you know, I think that like to, to this point, if, if we all just made these changes, this also creates, this brings in an audience that is more respectful, right. And more considerate and maybe there will be less harassment and discrimination if we actually like, weed out the problematic uh, businesses uh, of being a part of these events. So I think we have to think about it that way too, that actually like for long-term, these will will make events and festivals like way more successful, like less chaotic and stressful so that, you know, people aren't uh, having to face these situations. Yeah. And just like as a woman going to festivals, like I've noticed such a change, like, um, you know, because I used to always just never really drink that much at festivals, never really, not that I really drink that much anyways at festivals, but I would just kind of be like, I'd probably have like a few sips here and there because I was nervous. I was nervous about being around so many dudes all the time. And then, you know, just, it it was a lot. And, you know, the festival environment, um, you know, we're in this industry where we're dealing with a substance and you take us out of that corporate environment. You take us out of that normal, even just in the tap room, you're in a festival setting where everybody's having fun and it's a lot of people's day off. It's still like has to have that corporate structure to it where people are safe, like that actual, uh, like people are, are safe and they feel safe and they have ways to get out of a situation that isn't safe. Um, Cause even like one of the most recent experiences I had, it was so funny dealing with some of these breweries or different, like, you know, different guys at the breweries. Um, they'd be like, Oh, you're from bitch beer. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, uh, I'm really sorry. So like people really are thinking before they speak. And I always tell people like, yes, it's fine. That's the name of my podcast. It's on a sticker. You can call me bitch beer. Um, but it is cool to see the change that is happening as a result of this. We still have a long way to go, but still like seeing it, it's just like, Oh, that's really sweet. You're afraid to call me bitch. That's nice. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think we have to, you know, we have to take note of those uh, that are trying to, to, to make change and, 
you know, are trying to, you know, figure out the right language and the right ways to navigate, you know, um, things. I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a small pool of people that I found, but I am trying, you know, I'm optimistic. It's just education. We just all, let's have the tough conversation. If something is, you know, uncomfortable or, you know, just tell them because otherwise like they may never know. When I say them, I mean men. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very true. These poor men, they're, some of them are trying so hard, but others are just so far gone where it's like, I'm just going to walk away from you right now. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a society, it's a society problem. It's everywhere. But you know, if we can do what we can in beer, I honestly think that it could have like a, a real domino effect for other industries because beer is just, it's everywhere. It's part of everything. It is. And everybody loves beer. And if you don't grow up or, Sorry if you have a gluten intolerance. Um. <laughs> well, it's also, I mean, to your point, there's also, I think beer can be so innovative too. I mean, I like love like sour beers and I like, mm. you know, farmhouse ales. And I, I think, you know, uh, I sometimes do have, a, like, I try not to have too much gluten. If it is gluten, it's going to be like beer. But like, you know, it's, <laughs> they're just, there's so, I think that there's like so many, there's so many varieties of beer and so many ways that it is produced and, um, you know, I think it is very creative to me. So there's such an artistry to beer. There's such an artistry, like so many different, like, uh, just even hop varieties and different styles and these farmhouse styles and the way that the yeast got, like, it's just, yeah, what I've learned since I started the podcast of the true artistry behind beer is just, it, it's incredible. It knows no bounds and it's not, you know, it's not, the creativity is not stopping anytime soon. And and yeah. so, so since May, so it's been like what, six months, six, seven months now. Oh, it feels like 10 years, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, it's been about, yeah, like six months now. That's crazy to think it's been six months. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of a roller coaster <laughs> since May. Yeah. I feel like so much has happened so quickly. And so, so that's been six months. So where do you hope we are in another six months? Okay. Well, I'm going to have to say that things, though the six months have, have moved a little quickly, like the industry has moved at like a very snail pace and it's, that's actually a very good point. You're right. That's a very, very good point. Um, but, and obviously it feels like things are moving faster because there's just so many things that have been up in the air with, you know, the pandemic and it's, it's just stressful for yeah. everyone trying to balance all this. Right. And, you know, I, I think now we're starting to see, you know, a lot of, a lot more, I think groups and leaders in the industry are trying to implement more uh, policies and really get the word out there about, you know, why, uh, accountability is so important and why you yeah. should have these uh, infrastructures like in place to to support your employees and how it'll help you do better business. And, you know, like, you know, I've been talking to Bur the Brewers Association and Pink Boots and various other groups about these things. So I think they're all now starting to really launch different initiatives. So I think right. that that's great. It's a step in the right direction. I'm glad that we're we're here. 
And, you know, but we have so much more work to do. It's still like, even it's been, you know, we launched Brave Noise, uh, you know, in July and there's still breweries that don't know about it. And, you know, again, we only have like a little over a hundred now and, it's like, well, where are you getting your news from? And that's what's like very interesting to me is figuring out like, what are you subscribing to? Who's in your circle? Like, obviously, like, it's probably you're probably listening to a bunch of like guys, a bunch of men. And that's why maybe you don't have enough women within your circle. Or are you like, do you know anyone in pink boots? Do you know anyone? Mm-hmm. You and know, who's employed involved? at your brewery? Do you have any women or people of color at your brewery? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think like, that's something that I'm hoping becomes more and more, um, you know, a focus point is everyone really looking at the brewery and the staff and uh, is it inclusive and how are they getting their information? Because if there's like, it, it just like, if they're not knowing about the stories that were shared or they're not knowing about how, you know, these systems need to be put in place and that this is not just about, women and beers is about women in, across all industries, by yes. the way. Like if they're not thinking like, okay, this is like a problem everywhere. So maybe we should do something. Then that's, that's a huge issue. So yeah. I'm hoping like there's more of a spotlight on what breweries individually need to really create to uh, just do better business in general and create a, a inclusive environment uh, to allow for women to to be there and be supported and have the resources in case si- these situations of like uh, harassment or discrimination do happen. Um, and so the Brave Noise Initiative does um, have kind of a timeline. We have been asking all breweries and home brewers uh, to get involved uh, before the end of December. So the end of this year, because we need this conversation to happen now. We need yeah. as much noise as possible. So, yeah, anyone that's listening that wants to get involved, it's bravenoisebeer.com. And um, and we've also added a tab for bars in case they want to get involved. Uh, you know, if they have um, – they're working with a brewery to distribute, you know, Brave Noise. Like, here's a few things that you can do to be part of this movement as well. And so, yeah, so we're, we're trying to figure out what's the phase two after this initiative. But this is going to be – Brianne, Allen, and I are, like – this is just going to be a constant what two powerhouses too what a dynamic <laughs> duo y'all are that's so cool um well yeah i mean it's taken taken a a team for sure i mean we've brought in thankfully some additional partners for brave noise i really just want to give a, a shout out to jen blair who oh, has been amazing. so incredible in you know not only helping us to create the homebrew recipe and get it out into the homebrew world, but it's just been a big voice in this movement and to help spread the word about the issues and all these other initiatives that um, have been inspired by Brave Noise that, you know, she's been really talking about publicly. And, um, and then, you know, Ren Navarro of um, Beer Diversity, and she is just actively, actively, you know, uh, working with breweries to uh, help help create these more inclusive, you know, safe environments and offering diversity training. And so she's been a great resource for the initiative as well. And, you know, our HR uh, resource, Rebecca Weaver of HR Uprise has been, you know, amazing and, and supportive in trying to help these breweries really, you know, create these guides and just have the resources they need to, to get this up and, and running. Um, so yeah, so again, like it's so great to have met 
you know, all these, all these women and, you know, other partners that have come to the table, like the Not Me Reporting app has been uh, really helpful in creating a page for staff in the industry, like on their app. It's a free reporting tool that anyone could just report misconduct at, you know, whatever business they're, they're working at. So they've created a whole like landing page for uh, like women in the beer industry to go, go to if they need it. Um, so yeah, so it's, you know, again, it's great to have met all these incredible people. And this is going to be something that we're going to continually continue to support. And there's going to be more initiatives and more, um, more opportunities to, to really push this movement and to create this better beer world that we all, we all want. That's awesome. Oh, this is just so badass. I just, I appreciate you coming on the podcast to talk about this and being so open with everything that you all are working on. It's, it makes me so hopeful for the future. And I love just any way that I, I can be involved and thank you for sharing ways that other people can be involved. Cause I know there's just a lot of people who just feel at a loss like how do I get involved how do I help and these are all amazing steps that we can take every single day even when when they're in the grocery store or the bottle shop about to buy something like hey let's just let's click through the embolden act advance stories real quick let's click through rat magnet stories real quick and you know just make sure that this beer I'm purchasing is something I want to I want my money to go towards yeah, exactly. And if anyone listening wants to get involved or wants to have a very open conversation, always down for that. So please like reach out at Women of the Bevolution on Instagram. Um, I know Brienne, it, you know, her, her DMs uh, are, are open loaded. as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's overloaded for sure. But um, yeah, at Rat Magnet. Um, my, my website's womenofthebevolution.com and you can find out all my contact info there. And again, bravenoisebeer.com. If anyone wants to find out more about the collaborative brew or get involved. Awesome. Great deal. I'm so excited. And I'll go ahead and include links to all that in my show notes and in the website as well. And also on my Instagram, I'll make a link tree for that. Um, so yeah, Ash, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, I love the conversation and uh, hopefully too. we can do do more conversations like this. You are welcome back anytime. You are just like, you can do whatever you want with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> much for listening. I am just so grateful for Ash for wanting to come on the podcast and discussing women of the Bevolution. It's one of my favorite pages on Instagram. Definitely give them a follow for sure. And another great thing that we discussed from this episode, we mentioned beer festivals. And as a perfect example, this weekend, I am going to Heist Brewings Festival up in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am so excited. I'm staying with my girl, Happy Hayes. Definitely give her a follow. You're probably already following her. She's way more famous than me. <laughs> But can't wait. I'm so proud of this festival because they posted their code of conduct on Instagram. And that's what we should be looking out for. Festivals, breweries, they should all be open about their code of conduct. And so that way it's just easier to hold them accountable and people feel safer in that environment. It's There's no harm in doing it. Another thing, um, 
I feel like there's a lot of cancel culture happening between consumers and breweries, and we want to steer away from that. If breweries, if these breweries that were called out are making changes and making an effort to make changes in their breweries for a safer environment for everyone, we have to give them a chance. There's just really no getting around that. Yes, they were called out, and yes, bad things happened before, but if they're making moves to make sure that that doesn't happen again or getting rid of people who were who did those bad things, we have to give them a chance. So just be on the lookout for it. These breweries are posting. They're they're telling us that they're hiring certain people and other people have been let go. Or um, they're also being open and honest about their code of conduct moving forward. So, you know, give them a chance. And if they're not making any moves, then fuck them. Don't go there. <laughs> You want beer from there? I don't mean to laugh about it, but seriously, if they're not making any changes and they think that they don't need to make changes, fuck them. But what else can you do? The big thing to remember here is we are all on the same side. It is in our best interest to make sure that the world of craft beer is safe and fair for everybody. So just keep that in mind, my little two cents. Well, it was a great episode. Thank you so much for stopping by. And until next time, cheers. See?